0: All right, y'all. Welcome to the show. Let's have some fun. So we got uh, Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne are going to debate Trump's legal problems. I find that discussion really, really interesting. Um, Later on in the show, Ron DeSantis answers the question if he's willing to be Donald Trump's VP. And then also one of the most famous statues in the world, uh, the statue of David, is now leading to teachers getting fired and to principals getting fired as well. So um, you can say cancel culture run amok is one way to describe that. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it here. So um, Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz on their podcast, Brilliant Idiots, decided to debate the issue of Trump's legal problems. I thought it was really good back and forth. Let's listen and we'll break it down.
1: Did Trump like, get arrested? We're recording this on Tuesday. Did he get arrested yet or Trump's not? Trump's not getting arrested, guys. I, Come on. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> what? Don't do this. He's not getting arrested, Don't guys. Come do on. this. Somebody go find Are the video where I said these serious? exact words to Charlemagne, and you were saying he's getting arrested. I'll bet any amount of money. I said this three years ago. I'd put it like
2: this. Hold on. If they indict, us, if they indict a former president... It's not gonna be for these charges. These charges are weak as fuck, bro. Hold on, hold on. But you did say
1: (laughs) this guy that that you did say that he was gonna get arrested. And I was like, they won't arrest a former president. Yeah.
3: I think I (laughs) agree (laughs) with (laughs) you. Yeah.
0: All right, so that's fun. Look, on on the weak charges point, it is certainly the weakest of the potential charges against Donald Trump. We all know there's the Georgia case going on right now where he was like, find me 11,000 votes. And you have, um, you know, the fake electors plot, which is a much more serious crime. And, you know, honestly, it's a heavier charge. So you got that going on. You, of course, have the uh, classified documents case going on, which would have been. Uh, a stronger case had it not been for the fact that immediately after that you had Joe Biden and you had Mike Pence uh, stumble across 7,1412. 7,014, I apparently don't know how to count. 7,412 different uh, classified documents of their own. So you have, um, that, that one sort of feels like maybe there's not as much oomph to it because apparently everybody who's a politician or with a position of power is just taking classified documents left and right. You know, But you also have various uh, business charges against Donald Trump. But in terms of the, the potential cases that are out there, Charlemagne is actually right that it's the weaker of the potential cases. The closest thing that's analogous is they tried to get John Edwards on something similar to this, and uh, they failed. I think he got indicted, but he didn't get convicted. And so perhaps that's where Charlemagne is coming from, but... I don't know, man. The other point to make, which I think is a fair point as well, is that usually the feds don't move on stuff like this unless it's kind of like a slam dunk case. It's a little harder in the case of Trump because it's a novel way they're applying the law. It's like mixing both a misdemeanor and a felony to use the felony charges. It's a little complex, but usually they don't act on this unless they feel confident that they can, you know, win the case. And I will point out that whether or not he did it is not even really an open question anymore. I mean, everybody knows he had the affair. Everybody knows there was a payoff. Just the question is, the legal channels that they went through in order to do that, did they do it the right way? Did they dot their I's? Did they cross their T's? any We have very loose campaign finance laws in this country, but any like minor violation on a campaign finance front, they really do throw the book at you. And it looks like it could have been considered an in-kind contribution, the payoff to Uh, Stormy Daniels, the hush money, but it wasn't reported as such. So anyway, this is a long way of saying to you, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's continue.
2: I I think I, I think I agree with you. I don't see it happening, bro. Oh, this it. man, I, I can't change my mind so, upon yo, further you review. You said it with so much conviction, I though. I, I believed in the checks and balances. I, I believed that nobody is above the law. <laughs> Teflon Don has proven me wrong until further notice, and I still don't think that they'll do it. Something I don't like think this. they'll do it. Either. If you got. He's got all of these federal charges he's facing, right? Merrick, Merrick Garland. We already know the classified documents sheet. You might as well throw that out. They then got caught everybody with right, classified right. documents. That's out the window.
1: The I thought insert- it was some taxes in New York that they want to catch him on. That's still open. That's
0: still open? are yeah, still open? Best And there was one business case, I should point out, where he was found guilty, but I think it was a civil case. Either that it was a criminal case, and there was like a million-dollar fine or something, which is to him is like nothing, so... I don't know, man. Oh, I didn't see that
1: yeah. one. But every like, one of these rich motherfuckers breaks the law with taxes. But and, and man, Basically,
3: they said, they're saying that this small thing is just to hold them, and then there's going to be a bunch of other charges They're saying everywhere. this shit
1: is a misdemeanor.
3: Nah, no, I know. Saying, this is just like... What they're saying is, look. Trump,
1: don't run for president.
3: Yeah.
2: That's what they're saying, but and so, he's not getting the message. So why make him bigger? You know what this shit is, man? You remember in Endgame when Thanos got hit in the chest? And he's like... <laughs>
0: You should have went for the head. If it's not a
2: headshot,
0: don't do it.
3: So, rumor.
0: So, I disagree on that point for the very simple reason. I mean, it's the old thing everybody brings up. I think rightly so. It's like getting Al Capone on tax evasion, right? Anything you could get him on, get him on it. Now, by the way, that also goes for other elites, whether they're in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, or no party whatsoever, If they're guilty of crimes, take them down on some kind of a crime. If you can't get them on the big crime, then I'll settle for something less. So I actually have the polar opposite philosophy on that point. I mean, to give him credit, though, he might be right in that it makes it less likely you'll actually win, which then would be a massive issue, and then it wouldn't be worth going through all the trouble. But look, in terms of him getting stronger, we've pointed this out a million times. Yeah, he'll get stronger in the Republican primary, but in the general, he will— be worse off, I guarantee you, because independents, moderates, normies—they're not. If they see an indictment, they think, "Yeah, of course." Where there's smoke, there's fire. He's probably guilty of seven hundred crimes, and they're right in that instinct.
3: That a bunch of charges are going to start dropping from everywhere around the country. It, it, so they, they a, said New York, Atlanta, Georgia, shit.
2: in the yeah. federal charges. That's only five. I heard five solid ones. That's a lot.
1: Not really, because this shit is a
0: misdemeanor. Like, yo... Th- yeah, I, you really need more than this to arrest a, a president, Yes, bro. and they talk... It's not just a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor and a felony that they're putting together.
2: Yo, they talking about indicting him but not handcuffing him. Yo, all you're doing is that making happened. him bigger. I guarantee not you over the last couple
1: of days, all you've seen is so many donations going to Trump's shit. I mean, that is 100% right. If if you arrest him and he gets off, he's president guaranteed. They say this is a
0: mis- They say this think- right here. No. No, no. Again, he's going to go up in the primary. He's going to go down in the general. That's the way it works. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because think about, and and here's the thing. Think about it with literally any other politician. Even just the investigation into Hillary Clinton made her go down. So again, I think it's likely he'll go down in the general because none of this stuff helps. It only helps in a Republican primary where they circle the wagons and they say, the guys we don't like are going after the guy we like. So we need to defend the guy we like even harder. New
2: York
1: is already a guaranteed misdemeanor,
0: and I'm gonna tell you what else is fucked guaranteed up about misdemeanor.
3: It. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it won't be a felony. They say it
2: oh, won't oh, be a felony, oh.
1: but I'm saying even putting him through this process is gonna be enough to galvanize yeah. every happened. person who is anti-establishment because this is abuse of power from
0: the establishment. Already happened. N- n- no. <laughs> No, the, the real, the left anti-establishment position is, of course, you should take this fucker down. By the way, while you're at it, go get Bush, go get Cheney, I'll throw Biden in the mix. All of them are guilty of war crimes, corruption, Obama, same thing, drone war, 90% civilian death rate. I mean, we can go on and on. That's the real anti-establishment position. It's funny to me when people who think they're anti-establishment suddenly find themselves simping for an elitist criminal. Now, I think he's right that the so-called anti-establishment people on the right are going to fall in line and defend Trump, but that's because they're suckers, right? They're useful idiots. It's like, no pun intended, because the name of their show is Brilliant Idiots. I mean, when you get to the point where you're defending a billionaire, elitist, war criminal, and regular criminal, that's Trump, it's like, are you really all that anti-establishment? No, you just like a particular wing of the establishment that you are pretending is anti establishment. Now, he pretends he's anti establishment too, right? It's part of his branding, but he's nowhere near it. Again, his biggest legislative accomplishment was a tax cut where two, it was a $2 trillion tax cut for the wealthy. 83% of the bill went to the top 1%. There were 200,000 jobs outsourced under him. In no world is he anti establishment. People
2: Thanks. that I've talked to, somebody, just, somebody sent me this. It's they was like. Power. You don't think? No, nah, because like he
0: actually did these crimes. It's just thank you. Yes. It's not it's not an abusive power to go after him. He did the abuses of power and they're correctly trying to get him on that. So who's really abusing the power? It's him who's abusing the power. He's just used to abusing his power and getting away with it. So when you try to bring about justice and accountability, it feels like oppression to him.
3: Actually. They don't know the this past, is a crime be- though. No, nah, it
0: is though. They don't know if this is a crime because
2: they said that somebody sent me this yesterday. It was like, this isn't like, you know, uh, one of the mobsters with tax evasion. Yes, it is. It's more like one of the mobsters stealing a carton of cigarettes when he was on the come
0: up. Now, so the DA. No, 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 no. Imagine the exact same set of facts, but Joe Biden did it. What would the right say? Think about it. $140,000 $140,000 hush money payment to a porn star you allegedly had an affair with who was going to come out with her story, and you're trying to keep the story on the low. And so $140,000 payment done through your fixer, a.k.a. your lawyer at the time, Michael Cohen, who, by the way, is on the record the entire time now. Ever since Trump stabbed him in, the back, him in the back, he came out with all the dirt. And he was like, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what went down. I'll tell you exactly how it worked. And he has. Same set of facts, and a Democrat did it. The right would not shut up. They would never shut up about it. Because they'd realize, yes, we got one, we got one, we got one, yes, we're so right on this one, we're just going to hammer this home. And they wouldn't be wrong, you know? But with Trump, they're like, this is nothing, look away. It's ridiculous.
3: really charges people unless they know they can win. Like, their success rate is crazy high. Yeah, so they've been on? investigating this one for so long. They and threw They threw it out, though! They no, threw it No, but this ago. is just, um, they used campaign funds to pay off um, Stormy Daniels. They can't, allegedly.
0: They, exactly. They can't prove it was actual if, campaign funds. The law- so they're misdating it a little bit. It's they didn't report the $140,000 payment to Stormy. It didn't come out of campaign funds. I thought so originally, but that's not true. They didn't report the $140,000 payment to Stormy Daniels as a campaign expenditure which means they're committing fraud in the process because they're not telling you what that money actually is for. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas, and by the way, they may have gotten away with it if they literally like filed it, $140,000 payment, and put it as some sort of a campaign expenditure. That Then it might've been legal, <laughs> but they they didn't. And so now we're talking about it could be illegal. It's talking, they can. I don't think that's
1: going to happen. So, but so here, now it's all contingent on the lawyer. So they're going to try to put as much pressure as they possibly can. Yeah. But eventually it's going to seem like, I don't know. By the way, we don't even know if the DA really wants to press charges. Well, that's the thing. This came from Trump. Trump put this out there. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Trump's team said
2: we we haven't heard from the DA's office. Trump put this out there. Wait a minute.
0: Yeah, so Trump floated that Tuesday date for arrest um, probably to gin up support, gin up donations, and it worked. Everybody fell for it. I mean, to give myself credit and Crystal credit, we didn't. We titled it like breaking Trump to be arrested Tuesday question mark and in the video we said there's really no evidence he says he's going to be arrested Tuesday but um I mean at some point right indicted arrested it appears uh appears like that's going to happen it appears like it they're already making preparations in New York and whatnot but they also ran into trouble with bomb threats and stuff like Trump going out there and sort of riling everybody up and and telling them. Like, you know, protests, get out there. It's sort of like threatening another January 6th in a way. And there's been a number of uh, death threats against Alvin Bragg. And there's been a number of uh, bomb threats as well. So <laughs> Trump,
1: oh, wow. He has to be looked at as the victim. He has to be looked at yes. as the underdog. So he's putting this information out, yes. so people come to his aid and his in his support. They're afraid of me. They don't want me to run. Look at this. They're trying to arrest me. They're trying to lock me up because they know that I can win. He was cold in these streets. Everybody was on DeSantis. He wasn't. No, he no.
0: They weren't. Not everybody was Bro, on the DeSantis. Bro, the GOP mm-hmm.
1: primary polls got Trump winning Weird.
0: by a landslide. Weird. I don't know why we. That's true, but in the wake of the midterms, when all of Trump's cl- the candidates who were most like Trump and closest to Trump and parroting his talking points, the most Trumpy candidates got destroyed. So there was a window where Desantis was actually up in a lot of polls. So Schultz is right about that, but now Charlemagne is right; it's totally flipped. Now it's right back to Trump.
1: Saying as I keep telling, how are you sleeping let, on let, your boy? Let, let me let me uh, let me clarify. Let, let me restate what I'm saying. Yes, I believe he does win the primary, mm-hmm. but the energy in the Republican Party was towards DeSantis. It seemed like the Republican Party wanted DeSantis to win. That big guy who owns a Citadel. What's his name? Um, it's the uh, hedge Ken fund Griffin. Citadel. Uh, look that up real quick. Uh, Ken Griffin. Ken Griffin. I, I, I think Ken Griffin. He
3: so <laughs> yeah, Ken State. Griffin,
1: he, he actually supported Trump originally, and he switched his allegiance, I think, to DeSantis. A lot of big donors going to DeSantis. So this is the first big push I've seen in the Trump direction but why in a do, while. Why do he we, made it happen himself.
2: Trump still was making, raising more money than DeSantis, raising more money than all of them. And here's the thing. Why do we not yeah. act like the Republicans aren't the biggest dick-riding party in the world? Yeah, they're
0: going <laughs> I mean, look, Schultz is right. Even today, yeah, the Republican establishment wants DeSantis. Most of the Fox News hosts now want DeSantis. On the low, they are not; they don't wear it on their sleeve because then their audience would revolt. But like the money to interest in the Republican Party want DeSantis. There's even an education gap. The more educated a Republican is, the more likely they are to support DeSantis. Um, but yeah, the base at this point, 100% with Trump. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Most polls have him at about fifty percent now. So I'm even more. Uh DeSantis down at about anywhere from eighteen to twenty percent, maybe twenty three. So I mean, he's hanging in there, but it's it's a rough ride because, you know, like I said, they circle the wagons as soon as their boys under fire, and uh it's the Trump show again. It's like we're watching a reality show. Trump is the star, and people can't keep their eyes off it. So I don't know. Interesting debate between the two of them. We'll see what happens, but you. Know, ugh, there are a lot of cases pending against Trump. You know what I mean? A lot of cases. And um, that'll only help him in the Republican primary. It'll only hurt him in the general. And the people who understand that the best, I think, are people like Mitch McConnell or the Republican, Rupert Murdoch. These are people who know that, like, if we can't break free from this dude. We're just going to be in trouble for national elections because normies see him for what he is now. And they're like, this guy should be nowhere near power. So Bill Maher has been a persistent critic of Donald Trump. He's been one of his fiercest and harshest critics. But now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he comes in with a contrarian take. Maher has always had a strong contrarian streak as well. He's really going to flex that here. Um, So he's talking about Alvin Bragg's potential indictment of Donald Trump, potential arrest of Donald Trump over the Stormy Daniels hush money payment. And uh, look at this nuclear flaming hot take he drops.
4: So, I really don't want to give Donald Trump the satisfaction of talking about him. I thought when he was gone, he'd be gone a little bit. But, you know, there is an ex-president out there now who's going to be arrested, possibly. And he is talking about violence in the streets of his supporters if he does. So, I don't know. I kind of have to say or get your opinion on on this just one more time. We can be quick about it. But I just would like to go on record of uh, saying I think this is a colossal mistake if they bring these charges... Um, not this one, you know, I mean, yes, he's done a lot of bad things and I'm sure he did this, everything they accuse him of done, he did. But first of all, it's not going to work. It's going to be rocket fuel for his 2024 campaign. And it's just going to look to Maga Nation like, oh, you know, you tried with Mueller, you tried with Ukraine, you tried with January 6th. Now we go to the porn star. Really? You're down to that? No matter
0: which charges you go after him on, even if it's the most slam dunk case imaginable, even if it's the worst possible crime, they're still going to say that. They're still going to say witch hunt. So by his logic, then you can't go after him for anything. Because by the way, it also would be the case, no matter what you go after him for, he is going to go up in the Republican primary polls. We're seeing it right now. My guess is if you take out these charges and put in other charges, the same thing's going to happen, no matter how serious the charges are, no matter how much evidence there is. it's in. This was going to happen, right? So it's a weird argument for him to make, is it not? It's a weird argument for him to make. I agree much more with Jon Stewart, who made the argument, look, either we have rule of law or we don't. So you can't, to get into analyzing this stuff from a strictly political perspective or a partisan perspective. No. At some point, you look at the actions. If the actions uh, are criminal in nature, then end of analysis. End of analysis. You do the right thing. You try to uphold the law. And whatever happens, happens. But you have to try to uphold the law. And, you know, look, this same reasoning could have been invoked at any point in time for any criminal elitist in America. You know, it was famously invoked uh, by Obama when talking about going after Bush and Cheney. Hey, we don't look backwards, we look forwards. Well, guess what? Every crime that's ever been committed in human history, by definition, has happened backwards. It's happened in the past. So does that mean you never go after anybody for any crime ever? And then they trot out the argument of, oh, you know, it'll destroy the political system and the trust in the system when you have one political party going after the leaders of another political party. Again, so follow your logic to its conclusion. You can never go after any political elite for any reason whatsoever, which means elites are above the law, which is the exact opposite of what we say the law should be. Justice is supposed to be blind. That means it doesn't matter who commits a crime. If they commit commit the crime, they're going to do the time. And they're saying, no, polar opposite perspective on that. Like, let him do it. Let him get away with it. Because God forbid there might be some political fallout, some political consequences to it. I mean, there were political consequences to the Nuremberg trials. Should we not have done the Nuremberg trials? <laughs> I mean, it's just, and I would not in a million years have expected him to say this, right? Because this is totally out of character with other commentary he's done on Trump. Again, the one who got it right, I think, was Jon Stewart who said either we have law or we don't, right? So if we have the law, you enforce the law. Yes, uh, of the potential cases that are out there, this is definitely the weakest one, definitely, in terms of just plain face reading of the situation, the amount of time you could get, the level of a crime it is. Yeah, it's the weakest of all the potential ones out there. But number one, we're not done. Number two, even if it is the weakest, you got Al Capone on tax evasion one time, right? So for the love of god anything i'll take anything so very very surprised here to hear make this argument very surprised it's i get it you're trying to get into the mind of the trump supporting conservative base voter but there would be no scenario wherein they would be okay with justice for against donald trump so perhaps just seeing it from their perspective is not a sufficient way to analyze the situation. You also have to take into account rule of law and, and annoying little things like that. So Ron DeSantis did an interview with Eric Bowling. I believe, what, he's on Newsmax now? And um, Eric Bowling has roughly 12 viewers. But Ron DeSantis, what he likes to do is go into safe spaces. So... He will go on the tiniest of tiny conservative networks before he'll even step foot on MSNBC, CNN, any, you know, nominally normie mainstream outlet. No way. Not in a million years. Because he likes to protect himself and insulate himself from actually difficult questions. Well, Eric Bowling asked one that apparently DeSantis wasn't ready for. Okay, I'm going to play this whole clip for you. It's the second question I believe that uh, we're Bowling asked this, but he's going to say, listen. If Donald Trump came to you at the end of the whole proceeding, if you both run for president, and he wins, you lose, and he said, will you be my VP, what would you say? Would you be willing to be Donald Trump's VP? Very good question. The way that DeSantis handles this is beyond comical.
2: Would you be willing to serve as vice president with Donald Trump?
3: I think I'm probably, um, you know, more of uh, an executive guy. I mean, I think that you want to be able to do things. That's part of the reason I got in. I got into uh, this job is because we we have action. We're able to make things happen. And I think that's probably what I'm best suited for.
2: Would you in 2016, Trump ran for president? So did. Lindsey Graham, so did Rand Paul, so did so many, so did Mike Pence, Trump tapped Pence. Would you, if you got the nomination, consider Donald Trump as a VP?
3: (laughs) Oh, I think that that's uh, interesting, uh, interesting speculation. But, you know, I think that just beyond that, I I do think, though, you know, we are in a difficult situation in this country because the left I mean, just think when Biden got in, if they had had two or three more Democrat senators, what they were going to do, they were going to eliminate the Electoral College, they were going to mandate ballot harvesting and eliminate voter ID across the country, and they were going to do things like make D.C. a state with like 52 senators. Um, and so I think the whole party, regardless of any personalities or individuals, you got to be looking at 2024 and saying, you know, if the if the Biden regime continues and they're able to pick up, uh, you know, 10, 15 seats in the House and a, and a Senate seat or two, uh, this country is going to be in really, really bad shape.
0: That dodge was the most inartful dodge I've ever seen in my life. That was was the least artful dodge of all time. So the first question, he just, he semi-dodges, right? Um, the first question was, which which one did he say first? Would you be willing to serve as his VP, I think? And he gave a semi-answer. He said, look, I'm more of an executive guy. I like to get things done. So in other words, that's him saying, no. <laughs> he's he's kind of saying, no. He's kind of saying, I'm either the main guy or I'm nothing. That that That's... That's my perception of what he said. You guys can tell me if you disagree. I think that's correct though. I'm a, I'm an executive guy, I like to get things done. In other words, I'm not I'm not ready. I'm not going to play second fiddle to anybody, so I, I don't want to do that. Okay. But then would you ask him to be your VP? That was just total dodge city, right? That was just <laughs> dodgeball all day long. Well, you know, interesting speculation, but beyond that, I mean, you look at Biden. Biden's doing stuff, right? Biden's doing stuff and uh things and you know, there if they had like two more senators that were Democrats, think about if they had that, that'd be a lot of Democrats and stuff, and they'd be like doing things, and I wouldn't like those things, bro. <laughs> That's what we got from him. That's what, okay, this was a good example of the nickname DeSanctimonious being kind of on point. <laughs> this was a good indication of DeSanctimonious being super, super sanctimonious. Wow. He's got to get better. Look, to this point, I actually think he's been handling himself as a better politician than anybody else who's challenged Trump. I think he's a much better politician than Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Low Energy Jeb. You know, you go down the list of all those losers who lost miserably in 2016. But uh, you're going to have to come with more than this to be Trump, right? Like Trump, he dodges questions, right? But he also, from time to time, We'll just give like a really to the point type answer, even if you don't like the answer. He'll just sort of blurt it out and go with it. And then but and then if you disagree with him, he'll just be like indignant about it. And that actually lands more than like the weaselly little politician type dodge. It it land it lands more. I mean, I again he's trying to avoid making news here, but in the process, he did make news with this. He did. Because it's like, man, you are uncomfortable with that. You never thought about that. You weren't prepped for that. You don't have like a one-liner to go back to that your staff told you to say. And so now you're just you know, flailing in the wilderness. Uh, there's Democrats win and the Senators and the... What if there was more of them? And we just... Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Very enlightening. So one of the things that's been happening in Florida is this like crackdown on wokeness led by Ron DeSantis. And, um, you know, the argument they make is like, hey, man, the left has gone way too far. Cancel culture has gone way too far. Wokeness has gone way too far. And so now you have in our classrooms, they're teaching white kids to to be to feel bad because they are white. They learn that their people were uh, were enslaving people and treating people terribly. And so they want to make white people feel bad about that. And they want to basically teach reverse racism in- instead of being, you know, colorblind and seeing everybody equally. These are the arguments that they make. Um, when it comes to LGBTQ issues, they say, well we're teaching gender confusion to our children. And so you could have a perfectly normal, you know, male student and the teacher gets a hold of them and makes them, are you sure you're male? Do you want to try out the opposite? Like this is the stuff that they, again, they argue this, right? Um, And so they've done various uh, bills in their mind to try to correct this issue. So you have like the stop woke act is one of them. And, um, the uh, what's known as the don't-say-gay law, I think the actual name is like parental rights and education law or something like that. Well, what these things become in practice is very different, right? So in practice, the don't-say-gay law has now manifested in a way where you can't, if you're a teacher and you're in a same-sex marriage, you can't put a picture of you and your spouse on the desk Because then, you know, a kid might ask, who's that? It might open up a conversation about what being gay is, right? And so they're like, can't do it. Used to only apply up to like third or fourth grade. Now they just expanded it to 12th grade. Even high schoolers, you can't have this conversation. One of the DeSantis laws makes it so that all the books that are in a school library or in a classroom have to be pre-approved by a state department. And so now you have teachers who are like taking all their like emptying their bookshelves because they don't have pre-approval for the books, even if the, the books are totally benign. Now they come out and they say, DeSantis in particular says, bro, I'm just trying to get porn out of our second grade classrooms, bro. What are you in favor of porn in second grade classrooms, bro? And of course that's, you know, it's smug, it's dismissive, and it's a total dodge. That's the reality of the situation. So here we have another example of what's happened with this new um, environment and climate In Florida. So uh, this is in Yahoo News. Florida students discomfort causes
5: cancellation of civil rights class.
0: Wow. All right, let's walk
5: sixty three. in the midst of the civil rights movement. Two small schools in Brevard County, Florida, merged to form what is now known as Eastern Florida State College. The goal of the new college was to offer affordable tuition and to provide educational opportunities to the black residents in the area. Sixty years later, it is now Governor Ron DeSantis Florida and Eastern Florida State College is making headlines for this. Canceling a U.S. government class after a student cited discomfort during a discussion on civil rights. One student. Singular. Now, we don't know who the student was or the exact context of the discussion, but what happened was the class was canceled under the umbrella of Governor DeSantis's Stop Woke Act, which specifically bans the teaching of any lesson, especially those about race and racism, if the lesson makes any student feel discomfort. And here's what that looks like in real life.
1: The topic was uh, civil rights. No, no specific bit of it, just in general, as far as I'm aware. And so the teacher basically had to cancel this class of 20, about 20 students in total uh, because of the
5: students discomfort. Due to ongoing legal challenges, the Stop Woke Act has not been implemented at Florida colleges and universities yet. But confusion and concern are already widespread as teachers from elementary to high school to college reevaluate the way they teach and apparently what they teach. In the meantime, a college established during the civil rights era has to figure out whether it can even teach students about the civil rights era.
0: So this is the climate that's been created. Now again, um, it's the law has not been implemented yet, but what you have is professors. And, you know, administrative people in the school, they don't know how to handle it in a situation where you get a complaint from a conservative student. And so they're like, I don't know, shut it down. They don't want to get sued. They no, they don't want there to be legal repercussions. So they're going the play it safe road. That was the same thing that happened with the, you know, the teachers who had to empty their bookshelves. It's like, they don't know. Are they running afoul of the law? The stuff hasn't been approved by any department yet. In Florida, so what do they do? I don't know, play it safe. Cover up your bookshelf or empty out your bookshelf. This is what's happening. And so it is supremely ironic that the same people who scream about the First Amendment and freedom of speech and you know battling in the marketplace of ideas, they're effectively censoring the ideas that they don't agree with. And by the way, some of those ideas happen to be straight from the civil rights era. By the way, if we're going to play this game, why can't we flip it back on them? You want to talk about like, oh, I feel discomfort over this, you know, this particular class. Okay, somebody could easily say, I feel discomfort over the over-glorification of the founding fathers, right? Somebody could say that. Somebody could say, hey, they were slave owners and you guys are pretending like they're heroes and they never did anything wrong. If we're using the same sort of censorious logic, why wouldn't you be able to say that? Why wouldn't I be able to say teaching that Ronald Reagan's policies and his presidency in the 1980s was one of the best in U.S. history? Uh, That's not good. Why wouldn't I be able to say um, teaching that the nuking of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and killing Japanese civilians in World War II, teaching that that was benign or good? Well, that's offensive. And that one genuinely is offensive, saying that nuking babies, civilians, oh, it's just we had to do it, bro. We had to do it. Why can't you flip it? Why can't you say that? If you're going to play this censorious game, believe me, the left has many, many more things they could point at where they say, that sounds crazy, man. I don't like that. I mean, Trump was trying to do in his last year in office, he tried to do that patriotic education type thing where it was like, They want to take American exceptionalist propaganda and ramp it up as much as possible. Pump it full of steroids and human growth hormone, force feed it to people, make kids think like, you know, bro, we're the greatest country in the world ever and that's just like a fact and stuff, bro. This is what they want to teach in school. Ironically, as they yelp that the left is propagandizing children. Well, what do you think that is? What do you think that is? Teaching American supremacy? So look, Bottom line is, I don't want to play this game on either side. I don't want to play this game on either side. I don't want the right to be able to censor people on the left when they want to have a conversation about gender issues. They want to have a conversation about civil rights. And I don't want the left to censor the right if there's some conservative that has a, you know, a politically incorrect opinion that they express in the classroom. I don't think they should be kicked out. I don't think they should be banned. I don't think they should be fired or whatever. No. But now we've opened the door. Now they're going down this path. And it's basically a battle of propagandists, right? And um, the massive overreach here from DeSantis with the road that they're going on, the bottom line is they don't want free speech. They don't want an open dialogue. They want to control the narrative and control what's taught in a way that is effectively propagandizing people. Let's keep it real, into being conservative Republicans. They would swear up and down, no, we're just trying to make the, we're just trying to correct the courses and make them good, right? That's what they would argue. But from their perspective, good is, let me make you believe everything I believe, <laughs> right? That's their, let me make you believe and act like Ron DeSantis. That's what they want, they, that's what they want you to do. But, you know, look, massive overreach. Massive, massive overreach. Because if the civil rights era is controversial, then what's not controversial? Jim Crow? <laughs> is that the argument they'd make? I don't know. We'll have to hear it from them. All right, y'all, got a little surprising crossover episode here for you. This is in the New York Post. Disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo blasts Alvin Bragg's probe of Trump. Oh, interesting. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo offered a stinging rebuke of Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's looming indictment of former President Trump over alleged hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels, accusing the woke DA of weaponizing the office. Quote, you have a cynical public. They don't believe anyone. And when you start to see these prosecutors bring political cases, it just affirms everybody's cynicism. Cuomo told John Castamatitis on Friday on WABC 770. The Cats Roundtable, that's the name of the show. It's a coincidence that Bragg goes after Trump and Tish James goes after Trump and Georgia goes after Trump. That's all a coincidence, Cuomo scoffed. Okay. Or he's a criminal, right? <laughs> like, he makes—he doesn't even float that possibility. He just acts like, obviously, it's a witch hunt. Look at all these people going after him. Or he definitely committed a bunch of crimes, or that. Have you considered that? And by the way, this guy's supposed to be a Democrat, right? He's supposed to be a Democrat. But, you know, he was disgraced and left office, and now what? Is he trying to do a little old switcheroo? Is he trying to do the old, I'm not going to have a political revival in the Democratic Party. Let me try to do it in the Republican Party. Is that what he's doing? I don't know. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Um, Referring to James' investigation of the Trump organization and the district attorney of Fulton County's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. It feeds the cynicism, and that's the cancer in our body politic right now, he added. Look, I would argue the exact opposite. I would argue what feeds the cynicism, it's politicians like Andrew Cuomo and politicians like Donald Trump. Remember, Andrew Cuomo was the guy who was signing executive orders to put COVID-positive seniors back into adult living facilities where they would go on to pass the disease to everybody. Everybody was dying left and right, and they would cover up the numbers of dead people. This is what Andrew Cuomo was responsible for. His top right-hand guy went down on a corruption charge. you have any idea how hard it is to actually go to prison for corruption in this country with all the loopholes in our campaign finance law? And his top guy went to prison. He started uh, an anti-corruption investigation unit, Andrew Cuomo did. Then as soon as that unit turned on him and his people, he disbanded. And this is the guy who had, like, what, 714 women come out and say, hey, he's a little handsy and... (laughs) So, anyway, he's he's scandal-plagued, and now apparently he's turning around and trying to defend Trump, who's scandal-plagued, and he's actually like, bro, this is the problem with the system, is that people, like, try to check us on stuff, you know? No, maybe you guys are the problem, maybe you guys breed the cynicism, have you considered that? The former governor, who resigned in disgrace after being accused of sexual misconduct by a dozen women, said he expected Trump to be indicted by Bragg's office next week. Cuomo has consistently denied all the allegations against him. Quote, you can indict a ham sandwich. I'm sure they'll get an indictment, Cuomo said. In his remarks, Cuomo also offered sharp words for President Biden, blaming him for the current U.S. migrant crisis. Quote, this was caused by President Biden. He may have had great intents and policy, but he opened the borders without a plan to deal with the number of people who were going to come in. That is now an established fact. New York City winds up with tens of thousands of people to handle, he said. Again, he's just parroting right-wing talking points now when he says that. Because the criticism of Biden on the border, which actually has substance, is the criticism that he's copied too many of Trump's policies. Remain in Mexico, Title 42, I mean, he's been very conservative on the issue of the border. And even given that, there has been a migrant flow, right? But they've been deported. They deported record numbers of people, more than Trump did. But instead, you get this criticism of, like, bro, he's got open borders going on. But that's just fundamentally not accurate. That is not true. So why are you making that claim? Again, I think it's starting to feel like Cuomo's trying to make a political comeback, but potentially as a Republican. I don't know. Cuomo suggested Mayor Eric Adams should seek to send migrants around the rest of the state— New York State is a sanctuary state. Where is the state? Where are the legislative leaders? Why is this a New York City problem? Mayor Adams should consider putting people on the bus and sending them to Albany if he doesn't get the state to respond. This is not his problem. The state has to step up, Cuomo said. Okay. So anyway, there you go. Talk about out of left field because Cuomo was positioning himself as like the leading guy to take on Trump. If you remember at the beginning of COVID, the media was sucking off Andrew Cuomo and acting like, he's a hero. He's my daddy. Yes. Political daddy. Yes. (laughs) And then as soon as it, you know, it all came out, they were lying about the COVID death numbers and he was making decisions that were killing grandma and grandpa and all these things. And then you had the, you know, the Me Too scandal or whatever. Yeah, at that point, the media sort of flipped on. Remember, he was getting softballs down the center of the plate from his brother, Chris Cuomo, on his CNN show. where He was like, sir, you're the best governor that's ever lived, sir. And was like, please, I'm a very humble man. Well that phenomenal fall from grace where he was positioned as like this anti-Trump superstar, bro. Now, look at where he is. It looks looks like it's on purpose, right? This doesn't look like he's just a guy giving his thoughts and he happens to have some unorthodox thoughts. It really feels like a little switcheroo coming. Because, you know, he'll probably try to make a political comeback. He might realize maybe it's a dead end in the Democratic Party for him. So, I guess we'll see. But suffice to say, these are pretty... Pretty dumb thoughts from Andrew Cuomo. So this story blew up this week. I found this interesting. Tallahassee principal is forced to resign after parents complained that Michelangelo's statue of David is pornographic and shouldn't be shown to sixth grade art history class. Okay, so the statue of David, I'm sure you've all seen it. Very famous statue. You'll see it in a second. It's in this article, but let's read through some of this. A Tallahassee charter school principal has been forced to resign after parents complained about a sixth-grade art history lesson claiming Michelangelo's statue of David, arguably the most famous sculpture in the world, was pornographic. Hope Karaskela was pushed out of Tallahassee Classical School this week after three parents complained about the curriculum. Two said they wish they'd been made aware... That kids were being shown images of the sculpture, and one claimed it was pornographic. They claimed the images upset their children. So, this is the the principal who was fired. Here's the statue, world famous statue. I'm sure all you guys have seen it. It's a uh, little peepee dude, little peepee dude with the white boy fro going on there. But very famous statue. It's supposed to be the like ideal male body type back in the day. That's at least that was the idea. Anyway. Uh, Kariskela told the Tallahassee Democrat she was saddened that her brief tenure at the school came to an end. She was only in the job for a year. The incident signals yet another point of contention in the ongoing debate surrounding America's schools. On the one hand, public schools in Democratic cities are being pummeled for pushing liberal curriculums without parental consent and advocating for progressive policy changes for transgender kids. This is the Daily Mail, by the way. That's why. It's a little... <laughs> In the case of uh, Tallahassee Classical, a handful of easily offended parents have forced the firing of an experienced principal. The sculpture was among artworks being studied in a Renaissance art class for students age 11 to 12. Okay. The the class is a literal Renaissance art class. That is like Exhibit A1 for Renaissance art. And she's going to get fired over it. By the way, what happened to the teacher? Did they say anything here about the teacher? Created between 1501 and 1504, it is widely considered to be the world's greatest sculpture, but the Tallahassee parents considered it inappropriate because of David's nudity. They are now demanding to be given an advanced vote on any topic or lesson that, that could be considered controversial. Parental rights are, are supreme, and that means protecting the interests of all parents, whether it's 1, 10, 20, or 50, said school board president Barney Bishop. He admitted giving Karaskila an ultimatum, telling her she had to either hand in her resignation or would be fired. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ look the whole she and this uh, principal did not respond to the Daily Mails inquiry um, all right I'm gonna say the thing that that needs to be said that nobody's saying right now but is there such a thing as giving the parents too much control over the in educational curriculum of a school? The answer is obviously yes. you go to certain places in the United States of America and you ask the teachers, hey should we teach? Evolution or creationism you might get over 50 percent saying creationism over fifty percent might say, listen, my kid learned about Adam and Eve and how that's the beginning of the world and the beginning of people and so I don't want you to contradict that so you're going to go ahead ha- you're going to have to go ahead and shelve that evolution talk does that mean that that's how we should proceed? even if you soften it a little bit and say not evolution versus creationism, but evolution versus intelligent design, my guess is there's many places across the country where over 50% would say teach intelligent design and not evolution. Or you might even get the more moderate, reasonable people say, teach both, teach intelligent design and teach um, evolution. Now, here's the problem with that. One of those things is factual, the other is made up. One of those things is actual knowledge. The other is a hypothesis from religious fundamentalists. So which should you teach? Well, when you're talking about a secular education system, which is supposed to be all about the knowledge, supposed to be all about the information, the answer is obvious. Now, that might be unpopular, but it also is true. Now, that's just one example where it's very clear-cut that you could have parents get in the way of a good education. And so the the school curriculum should do the right thing. You shouldn't be over-reliant. I mean, look, we're talking about one of the world's most famous statues. One of the world's most famous statues in a Renaissance art class. And you can't handle seeing a tiny stone pecker. Really? The kids are going to lose it over a tiny stone pecker. Is that what's going to happen? It's just... And these are the same people who would claim that, like... Today's kids are being babied, bro. They're being babied. They don't become adults until they're much older. The conservative parents would say that, and then here they are doing exactly the thing they criticize. Saying, no, no, don't show the peepee to the 12-year-old, the stone pee-pee on the world-famous statue. <laughs> look, knowledge and information is supposed to come first. Knowledge and information. And if these people get their way, look... One of the things that would happen is you just wouldn't have sex ed taught, Maybe ever, right? They'd just be like, no, just keep that out of there. We'll handle it. And it's like, okay, but then they wouldn't say anything to their kids about it, and they learn about it the same way everybody learns about it these days, which is probably online, right? So I don't... Putting too much power in the hands of the parents, and this is what you get. This is what you get. Now, am I saying they should have zero input? No, of course not. But a place for everything and everything in its place. And there are going to be times where they are clearly wrong, and they are the ones who are brainwashed by ideology and the more straightforward, correct interpretation is the one that's less popular. On that front, you got to go with the straightforward, correct thing. You have to. And so anyway, this is a great example of what is this? Say it with me. Right-wing cancel culture. This is right-wing cancel culture. And the same people who posture like they're the most anti-authoritarian when the left goes too far, all of a sudden they become... Petty Little Authoritarians. And it's a phenomenal example of it right here. I'm sure there's many, many more coming. This is right in line with the whole, you know, Ron DeSantis book banning thing. And so at the end of the day, being anti-authoritarian should be paramount, right? Be anti-authoritarian. And in the schools, teach that which is true as much as possible. And to try to hide a world-famous Renaissance statue in a Renaissance art class doesn't get any more ridiculous than that. All right, guys, that's the show, y'all. I love you very much. Everybody, do me a big favor: click the like and the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. We just got over a million subs. We're trying to get to one million and five thousand. Can I get to one million and five thousand? Hook a brother up. Really appreciate it. And of course, you can support the show on Patreon and on and on Substack. You can support Crystal Kyle, and friends. Link in the video description box below. Remember, never talk to advertisers on this show. Never had an advertiser. Um, so. Do me a favor and support on Patreon if you can. Just two bucks a month or whatever it is. Really appreciate it. The way we make money for the show is both through Patreon and then we have the default ads that run on YouTube where there's a buffer with AdSense. But I've never had a conversation with an advertiser. Very proud of that fact. You guys make that possible. So anyway, I love all you very much. Thanks again for listening. And by the way, um, you can listen to the full audio version of the podcast over on Spotify if you'd like. Some people prefer listening on um, you know, Spotify versus listening to every individual video on YouTube. But there you have it, everybody. Everybody have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.